What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. What's my name? You know my name. My name is Paul Verzi. You guys are listening to episode 417. How the hell is everybody doing? I feel good. I feel recharged. I don't know what's going on. I had like the longest day of my life yesterday. Cat, can you shut the fuck up? I mean, I swear to God, if it's not one of the fucking animals in the house, it's another. This house is like Grand Central Station for animals. One comes in, the other comes out. I got some giant cat jumping on a couch. I got my wife screaming, saying, tell the cat not to do that shit. Then I got the dog. You know, he's coming in and out. He sees a deer. He wants to jump through a window. I got a, I got a ton of shit going on over here. But I'm in a good mood, and I don't know why. I should be exhausted. Um, I'll tell you why. Because if you listen to the... Oh, actually, only if you live-streamed the W... Uh, I'm sorry, the YKWD podcast last night. I guest hosted Bobby Kelly's podcast while he is out in Los Angeles. And I've been going on a media tour here, plugging the tour, plugging my New York City shows this weekend at Gotham Comedy Club, two shows Friday, two Saturday. I was at Sirius XM Radio doing the Jim Norton and Sam show yesterday. Then I did stand-up with Pete Dominic yesterday. Then I um, did a, sh- a quick spot, uh, which is actually a cool thing. Something happened which has, you know, really has never happened to me before. It was pretty amazing. Um, and, or amazing to a comedian, I should say. And then I guest hosted the Bobby Kelly podcast last night with guests Robbie Slowick and Mike Cannon. We had such a great time and they were like, Verzi, you have a lot of energy and you look thinner. And I was like, that's because I stopped sugar. And I cut down a ton of carbs, and my clothes are fitting better. Um, I feel better. I'm drinking a shitload of water, and I'm just energetic, and I'm not drinking booze. <clears throat> you know, you don't drink booze for a little while. You just feel better. It's just, it's just what it is. And when you get to a certain age, you know, you want to see people, you want to see people age shitty. Look at a sixty-year-old who's still boozing. You look at a sixty-year-old who's still boozing. Somebody in their sixties who's constantly still boozing. Or they're just, they're just, and then you look at somebody in their 60s who doesn't drink, it's like, it's like looking at a fucking, you know, it's like looking at a scarecrow compared to, it's just, it's just what it is. So I am recharged. I feel good. Um, a lot of cool stuff to talk about and, um, we will get going, but I feel good. I am, I am, uh, what's the word? I'm glowing ladies. No, I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh. I feel good. So, um, got to go down to the city, do another podcast. I found out people are buying tickets to Gotham. Gotham is going to be more live than it was last year. And last summer, it was great. So I'm really, really excited about that. I woke up to a panic today. I will tell you guys all about it. Okay. I woke up to a panic. All right. I, um, what is it? By the way, yeah, you guys listening to TVE 417. I hope that's right. I hope that's 417. Because the last thing you want to do is upload it and have it be wrong. And then you're like, son of a bitch. What, what's the number of this thing? Um, <clears throat> yeah. The last one says uh, 416 ang- Angry Mob. Who knows what the, this one's going to be named. We're going to find that out, aren't we? Um, I woke up this morning a little groggy. You know, the thing about me is like when I get up, it's hard to go back to sleep right away. And I got to get up to get my kids out, out, out for school. Get them out on the bus, make sure they're dressed, make sure they brush their teeth, make sure they ate breakfast, all that stuff. You know, my wife leaves before they have to get on the bus, <clears throat> so it's up to me 
to make sure that they're not leaving the house with one sock on, no shoe. I got to do that shit, right? And uh, by the way, in all the years that my kids have been going on the bus, maybe missed it one day out of what? So six years of me doing, yeah, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, yeah, one day, and we don't even know if it was my fault. I think he, it was a combination of the bus coming early, but we've missed one day, so I'm doing okay, all right? If we end up missing two days of the bus in their entire school career or what, I mean, I'll take it. Um, my wife won't, of course. She'll be like, if that was me, I wouldn't miss fucking one. It's like, I drove them to school, relaxed. They were still there for first for the first thing that they needed to do. Um, so I wake up a little groggy. I'm laying in bed, and I'm just like, why aren't I exhausted? Because I had to go to the city twice yesterday. I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. That's why I look at people who like have regular jobs as like heroes. Like you guys are just like, to me, it's like one step under a soldier in the military. One step under it because, you know, I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a performer at night. That's what I do. And, I, and even before I did comedy, my mother will tell you that I am, I am a guy that just, I'm a night kid. I've always been a night person. Uh, my whole life, even even young, you know, um, so I had to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, uh, get in the car and be, I showered, did all that stuff, had to be in the car before 6 a.m. to get down to uh, 1221 Avenue of Americas, Midtown, right near, right near Radio City, I had to be there for like eight o'clock, so I got there around 7.30, there wasn't too much traffic, then I did Jim and Sam. Then I had to wait a little bit, an hour. Then I did uh, stand up with Pete Dominic. So I was at the Sirius XM building uh, pretty much all, you know, until like 11, tw- yeah, like 11.30. Then I, I have nine hours to kill. So I'm like, I'm not waiting in the city. I'm not going to get a hotel. So I drove home, tried to relax. That's tough. And then went back down last night, did a spot, and then did, did uh, co-host, I mean, guest host of the show. So I wake up and I, I should be miserable, but I don't know why I'm not. I woke up, I was okay. I put the kids to, on the bus or I watched them get on the bus and we figured everything out in the morning. And then I'm like, all right, lay back down and I couldn't. So I'm just looking at my phone and I put a video up on my phone, you know, plug in my Gotham shows and it got like 20,000 views in like in in like 12 hours. So it was doing great. So I was like, oh, just looking, seeing, you know, and, and all of a sudden a comedy clip pops up of this dude doing a, doing a bit and... I was like watching it and I'm like half asleep and I'm going, oh my God, is that similar to my joke? Because it had the word, it, it had the word uh, racism in it. And I'm going, oh my God, is that? And anyway, I got this like pit in my stomach and I'm like, no, 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 not while I'm doing this new hour. This has been a joke I've been working on for a year. This is going to be part of the new special. No, don't take this from me. Don't take this from me because if somebody else does it or it's on TV first or the clip is out there and people so I can't, but I'm like, no, this was an original thing that I had. No, no, no. So I'm calling my wife and I'm like, I think somebody's doing something that I've been doing. I think somebody did something I've been doing for a year. I'm sick and, sh- and I'm like, it might be different. She's like, I'm sure it's different. I go, no, I got anxiety over this shit. And she's like, I think it's different. Don't I'm like, you don't understand. You know, this is my, because uh, you guys don't understand something. Like, just so you know, for a comedian, that's like somebody going into your bank account. Like, that's like taking money out of your bank account. People don't understand that that creative property is more valuable to me than actually real money is to you because ultimately what that creative property is going to be for me and my family is money in the bank. It's going to be a um, a body of art that I have out there forever. You know, God willing, it gets out there and we get an opportunity for another special. 
uh, which it looks like, or just living online and being out there in today's world, that's my creative property. And if something is similar and I lose that, then that sets you back. And people really don't understand. They see a comedian on stage just talking shit and riffing and doing that. That is my creative intellectual property that will ultimately turn into something. You may see it not be worked out yet. You may see somebody, you know, talking shit, being gross, doing this. But all of a sudden there's something in there. And then you kind of, you know, you get that diamond in the rough. You kind of polish off all the the mud and the gook off of it and now you got this beautiful thing that's shining because you had to get rid of everything around it you got to make sure that you keep those gems and you ultimately put it um you know into your crown so to speak what a great analogy that was anyway um so I call up a comedian friend. I go, yeah, this is like, no, Paul, it's totally different. My wife's like, yeah, I told you it's different. And it wasn't, then I told her, because it's completely different. So it was like, I dodged a bullet because when I was doing my last hour, you know, somebody called me up. Oh, dude, sorry. I guess you saw the Louis special. Guess you can't do that rescue dog joke. And Louis said one line. He said one line on his Netflix special 2018, one line of this rescue dog thing. And I had a three minute piece on it. And mine was like way, discreet, you know, mine was going down the cages of the um, dog shelter. I think I mentioned this on the show before. If you're new to the show, I'll make it quick for the people that heard this already. Um, I had a joke about how when we were looking to rescue a dog, this was for, I'll say this, this is for the last special. I had a, I had a joke saying like every time you go to a rescue shelter and it's just a shit show and every cage has a story and my stories got more and more ridiculous down the cages like yeah oh gloria she's a great lab sweetheart of a dog here's the thing right she can't stand women in ponytails she will literally rip their face off right so i would do that but then by the time i got to the third or fourth cage it was so ridiculous and people in the crowd are loving it they're crying i'm going oh my god i got a great bit here and Louie, his special comes out as I'm putting together my hour and he does a joke of like, yeah, my kids wanted a rescue dog, but you know, they were like, yeah, she doesn't like pennies. I guess somebody threw pennies or something and it was over and I just couldn't do it. So a three minute piece, it just happens when you do it. It's incredibly scary. It's incredibly frustrating. And I think I'm going to go down the Bill Burr route where Bill is just like, Paul, stop looking at comedy. Stop looking at it. I don't understand why you look at it. You don't even want to get ideas implanted in the back. Like, you know, they get in your head without even knowing it. Like, you know, even like, so I'm like, yeah, it, it's true because so many, um, and this is the downside about Netflix. And I know I probably shouldn't say this because Netflix is definitely helping people and giving them a service, but they're also, it, what Netflix is doing is not 100% great for comedy. It is and it isn't. It's good because you're letting comedians have a platform and you're doing that a lot. It's bad because what's happening is things get watered down and saturated. And I think deep down inside, the people at Netflix would have to admit that too. It's just what it is. When there's 52 specials coming out a year, which is one a week, it can definitely kind of hurt your, you know, it, it hurts... It hurts the overall art because then it's almost becoming like a late night set or all oh, this one, you know... Um, this one did one, this one did one, whatever. But um, yeah, so I dodged that bullet today. The joke is different. I can keep it. At first I was like, should I even alter this? They're like, no, I don't even think there's no need to. So it's fine. It's actually kind of opposite my joke, but with a similar kind of, but a similar kind of thing, but actually opposite of what I'm talking about. Thank God. 
but you dodge bullets with that because you can have a gem. You could have something that you're like, this is going to be, but here's what they can't, here's what can't be similar. Here's what can't be taken. It's personal stuff. You know, me and my son playing basketball, he says something funny. You can't take that. That's clearly mine, right? Me going to a movie with my wife and something happens at the theater, that's mine. You may have a joke about you going to the movies and that's yours, but if I go to the movies and me and my wife and we pour a soda in the in the big-ass cup that they do with that and it spills all over the place in the movie, you know, during a suspenseful scene and now my fucking pants are wet and all that stuff, nobody's going to be able to say that because that happened to me. So that's kind of some insight on, on the way that you really should go about it. But I shit myself this morning going, if I lose this, this is one of my most clever, this is one of my favorite pieces of the new hour. And it's fine. I have it. No worries. Um... A lot of shit's going on, guys. My little girl asked me for a hamster, and my little girl loves animals, and she loves little fluffy fucking things. You know, we went to someone's house. They had a Pomeranian. My daughter was holding the thing like a fucking football for a half hour, and this thing was just chilling in her arms. And my daughter is like, you know, she's like this nurturing, oh, daddy, I want want some. All right. So I just say yes, you know. I just say yes to shit. I talk about it on stage. I just say yes. You want this? Fuck yes. You know, you kids want a squirrel? Let's get a cage. I'll get a, I'll get a fucking squirrel. I'll get two squirrels. I don't give a shit. You know, my wife is kind of the barrier that we got to break through. You know, um, and I told my daughter, just, I go, listen, we have two cats that kill rodents at a very high level. We have two cats that are Hall of Famers. Make no mistake about that. We have cats that really have, I mean, my cats have left a dead mouse on our welcome mat one one year they left a dead mouse on the welcome mat every day. Um, you can ask my, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna get my wife on this podcast one time. She's gonna confirm all this shit. She's gonna fact check <laughs> for uh, four <laughs> four hundred and seventeen hours of me talking shit into a microphone. No, uh, there was a time where the cats Stanley and Thomas would leave a dead mouse on our welcome mat every day. I think for like five months or so. it was actually bizarre. And then there would be those moles all over the walkway dead. I mean, they were just, I remember one time my big cat, Thomas, he's crouched down and he did that whole National Geographic, like big cat getting down, ready to jump on a gazelle. And he like fucking caught a bird. Like a bird came down swooping, he got it. I think he just, and it was just like a dead robin with half of its head ripped off laying in the thing. And the cat just looks at you calmly like, yeah, you're welcome. That's what I do. So I told my daughter, I go, look. I know you're going to get attached to this hamster. Uh, We're talking there's a good chance in this house if the door gets left open, Stanley and Thomas are going to knock the cage over and this thing's going to be dead. So I'll get you another one. I'll get you another one. I'll get you a fucking hamster every day. I don't give a shit. Just know there could be a horrible fate to your furry little rodent creature friend uh, in this household because in the Verzi household there are predators. I looked up online. Having a hamster with cats. And it says, and you could write in. If you have a story, please write in. But it says, um, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's nature. It's uh, it's the food chain. A cat does think that that is its prey when it is in its house. It's just, you know, listen, I'm Italian. It'd be like leaving a pie. It'd be like leaving a pie on the counter that I really shouldn't eat. But eventually, I'm gonna just take out a slice. It's just what it's just what it is. You don't even have to be Italian, anybody, but an Italian especially. Um, so, 
she understands. She's like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. My daughter just wants the thing. So we go there yesterday and I buy her a hamster. And, um, but they had two kinds. They had like a, something called a Chinese dwarf hamster. And then they had like blackberry hamsters. And these like little gray ones were dark and they were really energetic and working and doing things. And I go, oh, can I pick one up? And he goes, yeah, I just know they kind of bite. They kind of bite. And he's like, it's just like a nip, but they kind of bite. But those ones are more aggressive. This one over here is calm. And this nice, like, beige-looking calm one was chilling. But, of course, stupid me. I go, oh, let me see the gray one. She likes the gray. I, gra- I put my hand in, and I swear to God, this thing snapped on the tip of my finger. And I just yelled. And the pet's like, ah! Like, and I was like, that little hairy mother... Like, it was... It hurt. Okay, first of all, it hurt. And I was like, how does something that little... And it felt like... I didn't know if it was its mouth or its claws or whatever. But this thing hurt my finger. And then we went to the other one and the other one was just chill. And they were like, yeah, this one just likes to sleep and is a little lazy and hangs around. And then that's the speed we got. So we ended up getting it. And now we got a cage and I got to have this done for her within the next 45 minutes. So I have to, uh, right when this podcast is done, I have to go and get my uh, get my hamster game right, if you guys know what I mean. So um, that's where I'm at now. I went on so many cool shows. I have to thank... Pat McAfee, okay, Um, there's a cool story about Pat McAfee, if you guys don't know, Pat McAfee is an ex-NFL player, he played on the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning, he was in a Super Bowl, I believe he was in the Super Bowl that they lost to the Saints, he was the punter in that game. Um, he, I don't know how many years, six years or a few, he played, he played for the Indianapolis Colts as a punter for years, um, and ironically, this is what happened, okay? This is a pretty cool story. I think Verzi Effect listeners will like this. This is TVE 417. Um, I did Good Morning Football uh, the first couple of seasons that it was on. Uh, actually, we're talking about doing it again, but they're in a new location, new producers, and they. but we're talking about me doing the segment. But as you guys know, you listen to the show, They uh, Peter, shout out to Peter Schrager, uh, Kay Adams, uh, Kyle Brand, and... Um, Nate Burleson, who does uh, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, and Nate Burleson is also on CBS in the morning for game NFL Game Day. Now, they would have me come into Good Morning Football, and I would do my unacceptable segment. It was actually a very not only popular pot, uh, not only a popular segment on the Verzi Effect, but it was a popular segment on uh, the NFL Network. People really liked it, and it kind of had its own little following. People really liked what we were doing there. So. If you didn't know, they would all throw something at me, NFL-related, whatever happened that week or what was going on, and they would say, now we ask you, Mr. Verzi, acceptable or unacceptable? And I was kind of the, you know, the judge, jury, and executioner of that segment, which was really cool. And it would be like, you know, Cam Newton walking into the facility with like a crocodile Dundee hat and a scarf around his mouth. And of course, I would go off and be like, this is unacceptable. He looks like this. What's he doing? You're about to play this, you know, incredible, tough, manly game. And you're going in dressed like you should be on a runway at Fashion Week or whatever. All kinds of stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And there was a few acceptables. But one of them was Pat McAfee punting on the Indianapolis Colts, and after he punted, he did a Conor McGregor walk. 
Now, you guys remember in the prime of Conor McGregor kind of taking over the UFC, he did that walk where his chest would be out and he would make his arms sway back and forth like behind him, so to speak. And he would like exaggerate it, do it, and everybody knew it. Um, he would do it on his way into the thing, on the way out, all that stuff, the press conference, whatever. So Pat McAfee, he's the punter, and they go, Paul, acceptable or unacceptable, and they show the clip, and I go, come on, guys. I go, you're a punter, you know, and I just start shitting on on punters. I'm going, you are one step above the cheerleader. What are you doing? And I start going, and they're like, oh, Paul, well, you know, Pat's kind of a friend of the show, and I'm kind of like getting this vibe, and all of a sudden, I realize after, I go home, and I realize after, Pat McAfee's now doing stand-up. So this ex-NFL player is doing stand-up or he's trying stand-up. And then I see a clip of him and he's telling a story and it's pretty good. And I'm going, wow, for a new... And I'm going, oh my God. So I reached out to Pat and I said, hey man, um, I don't know. I said, I don't know if you saw the segment on Good Morning Football. I said, I just want you to know that I do that as a goof, but I didn't know you were a stand-up. Now, if he wasn't a stand-up, I would have never said a fucking word because there's a lot of, I probably really, there probably is a handful of NFL players that want to hurt me right now because of my unacceptable segment. I'm sure if they saw me, I would get looked at sideways and he'd be like, oh, fuck, you the one on that show that said this about me. Maybe that happens unless they got good senses of humor. But, and maybe that's why I'm not on anymore. Maybe like, yo, if they, you put that kid on, I'm going to sell him, find that kid, I'm going to fuck him up. Um, so what happened was, I just reached out and I said, hey man, I kind of went at you and punters on Good Morning Football with the Unacceptable. I did not know you were a stand-up as a fellow stand-up and a peer. And I didn't have to do that because he's new at it. He's just trying it out. But still, he's now in my world, right? He's now in my world. There is a chance I can go to Indianapolis, go into the comedy club or do a theater there or whatever. By the way, I got a big announcement on this show, hint, hint, but we'll get into that after. But I could run into this man now because let's say his stand-up does take and now all of a sudden I see him there and oh, I'm the guy. So me and him are going to be sitting in a green room and you know, I didn't want that and I was just, I, I wanted it to be known like I understand how hard we what we do is and it's like a fraternity and it's a brotherhood because there's probably only a thousand people doing what we do, I would say, uh, in this country at a high level and that that really is, and I'm not saying that to be arrogant about my profession, but to do what we do at a high level, we were actually kind of going over the numbers. There's a handful of us in the world. It really is that. And if this guy gets into it and he tries it, I don't want him to think, oh, this guy will go at comedians. I don't do that. Even if I see a comedian do something wrong and there's a controversy out there, I'll always back the comedian because that's just what I am. Okay? He doesn't get back to me and I'm like, all right, maybe this guy's like, fuck that guy, whatever. Anyway, all of a sudden, because I'm hearing he's a good guy, he's a funny guy. All of a sudden, people are like, oh, Pat McAfee, he's got this insane podcast. It's got a million and a half listeners. And then I'm watching ESPN, and they're like, Pat McAfee's going to be on the morning show. And I watch him, and he's charismatic and cool, and he's like a little edgy, and he's got a thing. I'm going, man, I really like this guy. Whatever. This guy probably doesn't like me. And I swear to God, lo and behold, my publicist, who I'm with now, Shout out the best guy in the game. Shout out Michael O'Brien. He's great. He's great. And um, I'm honored to be on this a client of this guy because he's just the best. He's the best publicist for what we do that's out there, literally. And he was like, hey, man. He was like, on the promo tour, I got you um, 
or the Pat McAfee show um, has been trying to get you or whatever. And I'm like, what? And then I look and I see it's got like 1.3 million listeners. And I'm going, oh, shit. And then he was like, yeah, do you want to do it? It's in New York City, blah, blah, blah. And he's going to ESPN first. And then he's coming in to do his show. And they want you on the show. And I'm like, for a second, I'm like, man, I hope they're not. I hope this, this is like not a setup. Like, I, you know, I want this guy calling me out or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, you know, I just saw the guy on ESPN. And he, he had me laughing. And I, I, I really like what he does and blah, blah, blah. So I don't say anything to my publicist until we get there and we get there and they're like, oh, Paul, just wait here. And there's a little spread of like, you know, bagels and food before you go in. And the producer comes in and says, hey, man, we're really happy you're here. Pat likes it as a fan and we're so happy you're excited you're here. And I'm going like, all right, whatever. And we're waiting in there. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're finishing up a segment and we're going to get you in the studio, get you all ready to go. So I go, fine, great, whatever. And then. I tell my publicist a story and he's just kind of smiling and laughing. And we are like 70 stories up. If you go to my Instagram or Twitter, you can see because we took a picture afterwards. But we're overlooking the city. We are at we were at four World Trade Center. We were all the way downtown as high as could be, just looking at the entire city. I've never seen New York City like this. I have some pictures. It was really wild. And I'm um, seeing it was like the closest I ever was to um, you know, the Freedom Tower. And I still never went down to the memorial, but that's something I want to do. But the, the Freedom Tower is beautiful and just this big, shiny building. We're down there and we're, we're, I'm just up in the sky talking to my publicist about it. And sure enough, the producer comes in with Pat McAfee. He goes, hey, Paul, what's up? I'm hey, man. And I shake his hand and uh, I was like, should I say something? I don't know if I should say something. He's not saying anything. I'm like, he definitely probably got my message, but I don't know. So I, I don't say anything. He's like, Paul, is there anything we could get you? And I go, no, I'm good. Actually, maybe a water. And he goes, shit. He goes, you ever ask somebody if they want something, but you don't know where anything is or you don't know? And we kind of start laughing. And you're like, yeah, because nine times out of ten, you think they're going to say nothing. I'm fine. So we're laughing, and he's cool already. He's fucking cool, man. And I'm looking at his sneakers and he's got these Air Force Ones and his jeans are up and he's like, he's dressed like a kid from the waist down, but then he, he was on ESPN. So he's got this blazer with this uh, pinstripe button down underneath and he was just so cool. He's like, man, thanks so much for doing this. We're going to get in. Is there anything you want to tell you? He's like, you're a Giants fan, right? Talk about the new quarterback, right? This is a good day for you to be here. And we just start kicking it in the, in the kitchen area before we go into the studio. And long story short, man, we go into the studio, we do an hour and a half podcast and uh, it was just amazing. It's on my Twitter now. It got insane reviews. I I got hundreds of new followers on Twitter immediately after we it came out. Um, we talked about everything, why I do it, Eddie Murphy. They even have quotes of me talking about why I do stand-up because of Eddie Murphy. Uh, he was asking about my friendship with Burr. He was asking about my sports. He was asking about my comedy, when I got started, and how things progressed and to get to the to the level where I'm at right now and where you know what I want to do and all that stuff so it was really really cool and Pat McAfee I consider that guy a friend now we exchanged numbers it was so cool you guys can check him out on um, get up with Mike Greenberg in the morning on ESPN he has an insanely popular podcast he's does video too it's a it's on a channel the DN what is what the I gotta see I'll, I'll I'll find all that stuff out but the DN uh Z DNZ what the what is the I got now I got to find out cuz I feel like a dick but no it is uh cuz there's video of it so you could get video of it online but the podcast it has like a massive massive following which I didn't even realize how big it was but just so awesome um and I think my wife heard it and was like wow that was awesome like it's a really 
Yeah, the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. And, um, yeah. I'm going to try to find where the what the video is. But it, it's, it's just, it was really, really cool. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, if you go to uh, at Pat McAfee Show. Okay, that's uh, Pat and then capital M, low C, capital A, F-E-E, show. Um, there you go. Uh, oh, they quoted me for saying, it'd be like if all of a sudden I started punting. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm excited. All right, so check that out. That is on. You can get that on Spotify and just go to the Pat McAfee show. But anyway, great guy. Follow him. And I said to him, because he's like, you're kind of like going to, maybe we'll do it like co-hosts. And he's asking me all kinds of shit about comedy. And then I start asking. And I said, let me ask you something, Pat. So let me ask you something. You know, you've been asking me all these questions. Let me ask a question to you. And you'll hear this on the thing. I said, you were on an NFL sideline. You were in a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning was your quarterback and teammate. Were you standing on there with the game as fast and as violent? How nuts was it to watch? And he goes, dude, there were times I was on there looking going, I shouldn't be on this field. He said some of the fastest, most intense hitting guys, guys that need to make money for their families. And he, was, he said something really poignant and amazing. He goes, you know when you see kickoff at the beginning of a game and you see the punts and the kickoffs and stuff? He goes, imagine the adrenaline right before the kickoff in the Super Bowl. He goes, I had to do that. You know, because, you know, the people ask him, well, what's it like to be in Madison Square Garden? Well, what's it like to punt in the Super Bowl? And he said all he's thinking is don't whiff. He was actually worried that he was going to miss he was worried that he's going to run up to the ball and miss it. Cause, and he said, everybody just runs full speed. And it's it's just this intense. And I was just like, holy shit. So check that out. That was great. But shout out to uh, Pat McAfee, everybody. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. And you know what, guys? I'm just not going to get into it because um, it's just a weird, weird time, a weird thing. We talked about it on Bobby Kelly's podcast. You know, we talked about Greta. Everybody, we talked about the <laughs> the 16-year-old that somehow made her way into the UN perfectly framed on camera in a bright pink shirt scowling at, uh, <laughs> at the president. <laughs> you know, no parents in sight, just taking that little girl. And, and I mean, the way that these people subject that girl to the scrutiny she got. A girl with, I guess she said she has Asperger's or whatever, and she's... Um, you know, getting people are going at her online and cyber bullying her or whatever and just saying stuff like that. And nobody knew this would happen. Nobody knew that they that, that this girl was going to be subject to that. No parents said, I'm going to sit next to her with my arm around her and console her. No, instead they're like, put a bright ass pink shirt on her and frame it like this. Because all 16 year olds could get into UN summits or whatever. It was just... Um, I, I really felt for her and I'm glad she's back home, uh, in school and all that shit. We talked about it on Jim and Sam too, so I'm not going to beat it up at all. But, um, when she said, how dare you, we are failing. You stole my childhood. I was like, man, you make me feel like a piece of shit. I just bought my daughter a hamster chick. Relax. Um, but yeah. And then now, you know, they're, they're, the, um, Pelosi and them are going after, you know, the impeachment of Trump. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's just a very weird, unbelievably um, divided and, and humorous time. But I do like to make predictions. You guys know I like to make predictions. 
Uh, and the nice thing about when you make predictions as somebody like me who's an independent and doesn't take sides and thinks certain ways on both sides, um, there's no bias here. But I like to be right the way I like to be right about sports. And I just like to be right. So my prediction is, and I could be wrong. I could be 100% wrong. Uh, as I'm telling you this, my wife just texted me, what's up with the hamster? Yes, I know. I'm going to cut this. I'm going to cut this short in a little bit, but we're having a good time here. We're having a good podcast. The flow is good. You feel it. I feel it. So we're just going to keep it flowing and I'm going to go get this fucking rat or bird or I mean, whatever the fuck with the, the, the mouse on steroids, the hamster, the hamster. So, um, here's my prediction. I could be wrong, but I really think I'm right. Uh, Trump is not going to get impeached. I, I don't believe he's going to get impeached. I believe that Donald J. Is a J. Trump? I believe that Donald J. Trump, the 45th, I believe, the 45th president of the United States of America, will not only win the next presidency. And by the way, I think I've been right with the last three. But here's my prediction. Donald Trump is going to win the next election by not a little bit, folks. Donald Trump is going to win this next election huge. Okay? Remember this on 417. I have no bias here, guys. Okay? I did not vote for Donald Trump the first time. Okay? Uh, I did not. I don't vote for people who have that, that are built like that. Uh, you know, I certainly didn't vote for Hillary, but I did not vote for Trump. And this is not a biased thing. This is a prediction. Period. So I don't need you to go, you know, I don't need to listen to your podcast. You know, first you talk about fucking hamsters. And next thing you know, he's saying a president's going to fucking win again because he likes them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's going to win again because he's going to win again. And he's going to win again big. Fucking big. He's going to win Florida. He's going to win North Carolina. He's going to win all those fucking swing states that you need to win. And he's going to win big. And he will be the president for the next five years. And then the next president after that, mark my words, here we go. I'm going to tell you right now, what I'm about to tell you is going to fucking happen. Period. A hundred percent. I would actually bet a lot on it. TVE, 417. Donald Trump will be reelected again and win big, or at least by a decent margin like he did the first time. It's going to be like that. Maybe more, but like that. And then the president after his second term will be a Democrat woman. That is what is going to happen in the United States of America over the course of the next nine years. Put it in the bank. Put it in the bank. It will be Trump again, and then a woman Democratic candidate will win after. I would bet my, not my dick, but I would, <laughs> yeah, that's, hey, the stakes, that's a little too high. That's what I think is going to happen. So I'm just going to sit back and watch and watch the proceedings and watch this. And I'll say this, name of my special, by the way, still streaming right now on Comedy Central. It broke their debut online records for any uh, online special, for any special they had, for a special that debuted. Online views were insane. Go see it. You could still see it now. It's doing great. While I'm working my new hour, go check it out. I also have an album out called Night at the Stand, which is still doing good and still selling. My first two hours did well. You better fucking understand it and support it. Now... I will say that I would want or not want the president to be impeached based on, and this is something that a lot of you fucking dumb lunatics can't handle, okay? A lot of you left-wing assholes 
okay? Because what the left has done to themselves and these far-left liberal assholes is a disgrace. And the far-right are, are, are out of their fucking minds and, and, and they're ridiculous in their own right, okay? And I know that a lot of you people that are like that can't fucking comprehend this because all you're doing is you're listening to fucking, you know, whoever, Stephen Colbert and fucking Rachel Maddow and you and, and, and that's all in your fucking head because you don't have the ability to actually listen to another side. Unlike you fucking morons, I can. And I will say that I would want Donald Trump to be impeached if they find him on shit that he did wrong against this country. And I would want the Democrats who are trying to get him impeached, punished, if you find out that he did nothing and it is a witch hunt. That's where I'm at. If you fucked up and you did something wrong, Donnie, you gotta go. The same way if a Democrat did it, they gotta go. It's not about Republicans, it's not about Democrats. You fuck up like that, you do some shady shit, and they find out that it's not what it's it's worthy of impeachment, you gotta go. And I'll be fine with it and say, had to go. But if the same people going after him find out that that's not the case and they're digging for something that doesn't exist because they don't like him, then they need to be exposed and they need to be fucked up too. That's what I'll say. And I'm just going to sit back, watch it, see what happens, say, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. But I will stick to my prediction. Donald Trump wins again. A woman Democrat comes in after. Put it in the fucking bank. Okay. Now, moving on to sports. I have a few more minutes here. We got to talk Danny Dimes, okay? I love Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football and Fox. He's been great to me. He's been a friend. But he said that Danny Dimes is a lame nickname for the new Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones. Um, I have to humbly disagree. I love Danny Dimes. For you people that don't know, a dime is considered a perfect throw, a very accurate throw. They call it a dime. If the receiver's in the back of the end zone and the quarterback puts it only where he can get it, you know, right over the defender's hands, but the receiver gets it, they call that a dime. Calling this kid Danny Dimes, I love it. It's a gangster nickname. I love it. I've been calling him Danny Dimes all week. My son and my wife are now calling him Danny Dimes. Um... Somebody and then and then he was trying to get people to give other nicknames. Somebody was like Steely Dan, whatever. I love Danny Dimes, but the New York Giants benched quarterback Eli Manning. I'm not going to get into how I feel about that on here because I already did it on the Patreon, which you subscribe to for um, three dollars. I talked about it. I did find out that the Giants didn't want him to go under 500 because his record was 116 and 116, and they didn't want his Giants legacy to be tarnished with a game under 500. So that made me feel better about the benching. But then Danny Dimes comes in, recharges the team, throws dimes, throws uh, two touchdowns, runs for two. Looks like the Giants are still going to lose because the Buccaneers have a 34-yard field goal with no time left, and he missed it, and the Giants win, and it was an amazing... Amazing thing to watch. We were running around my house like crazy just to see, you know, I mean, this kid looked like he had like astronaut calm. He had astronaut calm. You know, he just looked great. He looked calm. He looked, his demeanor was great. All of that. So, um, Giants win. Who knows what's going to happen? Saquon Barkley, of course, is down for six weeks with a high ankle sprain. I, uh, I had that injury and it took me a year, but I was also 38. And uh, this kid is a young kid who's built like an absolute, uh, you know, tank. So I'm sure it'll take an NFL superstar who's like in his early 20s faster than a um, 38-year-old dad who lives in the suburbs of Westchester County. 
Okay, so there you go with the Giants. Guys, did I see a movie? No, I didn't see a movie. I'm running around doing a bunch of stuff here. All right, um, and I'm not going to get into any unacceptables or any stuff that you guys wrote. Um, I really, I really don't have an unacceptable because I was ready for one. I had to drive to the city early in the morning and I was like, man, you know, this is going to be traffic. Something's going to be off here. It's going to, you know, nothing. It was great. It was great. I uh, got there quick, no traffic, parked, easy, got home quick. So everything is kind of, it's been a, you know, now watch. I'm going to go outside, get the mail, and fuck, something's going to happen with my neighbor. I'm going to go back on the thing. Hey, I got an unacceptable now. This bitch can't leave her boxes near the... No. Um, so, I think that um, we will do the unacceptables next week. Your guy's unacceptable um, next week. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I talked about this on the... Um, I talked about this on Stand Up with Pete Dominic, but if you didn't hear it, I will explain again. I went into a public restroom. And I had to use the uh, the toilet. I had to go number two. And I had a lot of time to kill, so I was going to take my time. And the janitor of the public restroom who was mopping, and you hear his keys, he was singing aloud. He was singing out loud while I'm going to the bathroom. And P I told Pete Dominic that on his show. And he goes, that could be unacceptable. And I'm like, yeah, maybe he's trying to, you know. I don't make noises, though, on the, like, I'm not, I'm not like a grunter. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I don't go on the toilet and start grunting. I just, you know, I kind of do my business. I wipe and I get out of there. And, um, you know, so, but he was singing and he was just like, I'm from New York. I'm from New York. And he's like mopping and I hear keys and I'm kind of like, is this acceptable or unacceptable? Cause like, I'm kind of trying to have a peaceful moment and I just hear keys jingling and the guy's singing. So I don't know what that one is. So for the first time in history, we're going to leave that one in the balance. We're just going to say it could go either way. That's like teetering. That's like the seesaw. We don't know if that's acceptable or unacceptable. But I'm sure over the course of the next um, of the next week, uh, we will have some unacceptables. Submit your unacceptables to TVE um, at gmail uh, at gmail.com. Uh, unacceptables for TVE at gmail. Uh, all right, guys, here's the deal. Uh, let's do some plugs here. I have a bunch of dates to plug, and I hope I hope to see you guys there. I will be at... Uh, let's go to paulverzi.com here. There's something really weird and narcissistic about going to your own... Like, putting your name in Google is... is there's something weird about it, but I have to get the tour dates. What can I say, guys? Gotham Comedy Club. 8 and 10, both nights this weekend, Friday, Saturday, September 27th, 28th, uh, a couple days away. Tickets are looking great right now, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, New York City is going to come out and see me do all of my new material, everything new, nothing from the special. Uh, I literally don't even know if there's one line from my special or, or maybe like one little like topic is even. But other than that, this is a new hour and some stuff that I was working on last year is now fine-tuned and, and, and ready to go. So... Uh, come out to Gotham this weekend. Then I will be at the Funny Bone in Syracuse, New York, October 10, 11, and 12. 
Okay, and then I am at the in in November, uh, right after my birthday, I will be at the Punchline Comedy Club in Atlanta, Georgia, from November fourteenth to the sixteenth, and then November twenty first through November twenty third, I will be in Houston, Texas, at the Houston Improv. Okay, the Houston Improv Comedy Club in Houston, Texas. You could go to that. So we got New York this weekend at Gotham, Friday and Saturday, two shows each. Then we have Syracuse in the middle of October. And then the last two weekends of, uh, or no, right before I should say Thanksgiving. But we have the 14th through the 16th in Atlanta. And we have November 21st through the 23rd of November in Houston, Texas. And more dates to be added. More dates will be added. I believe some other dates came in already. I will let you guys know. You can check out all of those dates on paulverzi.com. I hope to see you guys uh, at Gotham Comedy Club this Friday and Saturday. If you do go to Gotham this Friday, Saturday, um, I really appreciate it. And please come up, say hello. If you are a podcast listener, let me know you're a podcast listener because I love to, you know, always hear who's listening to the podcast and the stuff that they like about the podcast. And if there's something about the podcast you don't like, please, I encourage you, keep it to yourself. Okay. I don't want to hear what you don't like. This is free content from a comedian that hopefully you like and listen to. I'm not getting paid for this shit. I'm giving you guys just personal shit. Okay. I don't need to hear, you know, it'd be cool if you did this. You know, it'd be cool if you started your podcast and you did that shit, okay? I've been doing this a long time and I don't need to hear it from you. But if there's something that you like and there's something that you think is great, then let's let's talk about that and uh, I appreciate you. So get your tickets, go to GothamComedyClub.com now and I will see you guys and talk to you guys on episode 418. I am out of here. I have to go get a hamster. Take care.